Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Samach Tess and Perak Maruba. A lot of people will be davening uh, Yom Kippur Kutten today, because tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. We'll start at the same time, so we'll try to make a move today. Um, and we're, of course, starting uh, a little bit behind, middle of Samaches Amid Beis. We're learning the Ilan Ishma, Asfchaim Zev, Melenitz, happens to be, Zatzal happens to be, um, yeah, we lost, we lost some really good people over the last 24 hours, some of the young fine people in the Sahal uh, that we know from there are a lot of Hezder guys so all of those that we were lost and for Chizok Fall of Klal Yisrael and Yeshuas and Rufuas for everyone uh, we should have Achdus and we should stay together and we see Yeshuas uh, Bekarov okay so let's do this there's a Mishnah the Mishnah is coming up next week an Ein Dalet and we were talking about the idea of the ownership of the thief, right? So a thief steals something. The question is, uh, does he own it? And we already mentioned uh, a couple of times that one of the litmus tests, if you will, of, where the, of ownership is can you be makdashit, right? We already learned that in order to be makdash something, in order to consecrate it for carbon, you have to be the Baal of it. So says the Gemara. Says the, Mish- the Gemara quotes the Mishnah, and this is to challenge Reish Lakish. What did Reish Lakish say? Let me just remind you. Right, that Rabbi Yochanan had said, this was how we finished off yesterday, that a Ganev is Chayev, whether it's before or after Yehush. So Yehush was a very big sugya. Um, and we were saying that in the worldview of Rabbi Yochanan, and this is kind of within the worldview of Rav in a way, without getting too far in the weeds. Okay, I was just holding them off for you, Andrew. Welcome back. Mazel tov. to you, the grandson and all the things. Yeah, no, in the middle of Samach Chesem and Beis, just because I, want, I don't want you to miss on this stuff. Mazel Tov. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right, we're going to start over. Okay, we're not going to start over. Here we go, guys. <laughs> Andrew, those two footprints in the sand were Barry and Phil carrying you. Each on one leg. Okay. Ganav Chayev Bein Lifnei Bein Laachar Yehush. According to Rabbi Yochanan. You understand? In other words, Barry's stuff was getting stolen left and right yesterday, Andrew. But it didn't matter whether, and the question is, and then it was Tavar Chumachar. Phil stole it from Barry. Okay, let's regroup. Phil stole uh, short Ursef from Barry. And then he shechted or sold it. Does Phil have to pay the Dalit Vahey to Barry? The answer is, according to Rabbi Yochanan, regardless of whether Barry had Yehush or didn't have Yehush, yes, Phil has to pay the dollar Vahey. Okay. Rishlakish Shishita was that, that only before Yehush does Phil have to pay because that is what theft is. Barry has his animal stolen by Phil. Barry wants his animal. Barry never despairs over the animal and Phil still takes it and dices it. It's crazy. And so Phil, of course, would have to return it. Now, if Barry had had Yehush, that would be tantamount to Barry almost being mafkirit or being machnit, and so to speak, to Phil. And then when Phil dices it, he's dicing his own thing. That's the Shittas Rish Lakish. So what we're quoting now is a Mishnah that we're going to see next week to challenge Rish Lakish as follows. Again, so it says over there in the Mishnah, nine Dalid, now we're together. Ganov v'hiktish v'achakach tavach. Phil steals... Um, Phil steals the animal from Barry, and then he's makdashit, and then he is, dices it. 
Mishalom Tashlume Kefel, Veinu Mishalom Tashlume Arba Vachamisha. So the Mishnah next week is going to say that Phil pays the Tashlume Kefel. Tashlume Kefel he pays because he actually uh, was Gonev and then Makdish, and therefore that's just regular theft. But he does not have to pay the Dal Vahe. Why does he not have to pay the Dal Vahe? Well, presumably it's because he was Makdishit. Once he was Makdishit, it no longer belonged to, fi- to, to Barry. And then, therefore, he, he, Phil is exempt from paying Dal Vahe. But the Gemara analyzes this. Amos, when are you going to say this? If you're going to say that Barry never despaired, is Phil even able to be Makdish, the animal at that state? Of course not. Because after all, the Pasuk says, Ish ki kodesh That the Pasuk says, what? That in the context of an animal being Mukdash, that that, right, is only, has the word Beso in it, as the Gemara continues to explain. Ma Beso Shelo, Af Kol Shelo. That in order to be Makdish anything, right, this is not having to do with Dal Behe yet per se, but this has to do with being Makdish something. In order to have the authority to be Makdish anything, it has to be just like your house is is owned by you, so too, right, that you have to own something in order to be makdashit. So again, if Barry was not miyayish, if he had no despair over his animal, then Phil could never have been makdashit. And therefore the Mishnah, when it has the case of Phil stealing Barry's animal and then being makdashit and then dicing it, it had to be that Barry had, that Barry had yeush, because otherwise Phil would have never been able to be makdashit in the first place. And therefore the Gemara continues and says, it is therefore obvious that uh, has to be that Barry was miyayish. He despaired. V'taima de hikdish, who de ena misham tashlumi arba v'chamisha. And now watch the thread of logic in the Mishnah. That the reason why Phil doesn't have to pay dal v'hei is as follows: because Barry had despair. Once Barry had despair, Phil owns the animal. Once Phil owns the animal, he can be makdashit. And then once he's makdashit, it is for that reason that he doesn't have to pay dal v'hei to Barry. Why? Because when he diced it, he was dicing something that belonged to Hekdesh, not something that belonged to Barry. And it is for that reason that Phil doesn't own Dal Behei. But it is for that reason, again, that, that, that Phil doesn't have to pay Barry. But if he had not been Makdashit, if Phil had only simply stolen it, and then Barry had had Yehush over it, and then Phil, after Barry's Yehush, diced it, well... In the absence of Hekdesh, it sounds like, according to the Mishnah, if you make that inference, it sounds like in the absence of Hekdesh, Phil would have to pay Dalve, as the, Mish- as the Gemara continues to say. If Phil dices it without the Hekdesh, then he does indeed pay Dalve to Barry. And this is, of course, a challenge of Ishlakish, because if you're going to say that Yehush is indeed Kona, and that you don't have to pay Dal Vahey after, right, Yehush, according to Ishlakish, then why, indeed, would Phil have to pay Dal Vahey to Barry? After all, if Yehush is Kona, then Phil, when he's dicing it, following Barry's Yehush, he's actually dicing his own stuff. And therefore, when you're dicing your own stuff, you don't have to pay Dal Vahey. So there again, just to review, this is Rabbi Yochanan bringing the Mishnah 9 Dalid to challenge Right, Reish Lakish, because Yochan holds that regardless of Yehush, Dalad Vehei, Phil's gonna be, Phil's gonna have to pay Dalad Vehei to Barry. And Reish Lakish, uh, the inference in the Mishnah sounds not like Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish says that it's only when Barry still holds on to it that Phil pays Dalad Vehei. It sounds like that's not the case because in the Mishnah in Ayn Dalad, it, it relates to the fact that Phil does not have to pay Dalad Vehei, not to the fact that Barry was Mayaish, but rather to the fact that Phil was Makdish at first. Oh. To which Rish Lakish says, In 
In order to answer this question, Rish Lakish has to reinterpret the Mishnah in Ayin Dalid and say that the case in the Mishnah in Ayin Dalid is not that Phil stole it, then was Makdashit, and then diced it, but rather, Phil stole it, and while it was in the possession of Phil, Barry was Makdashit. Whoa. Okay, wait a minute. Barry was Makdashit, so this would have to be still in Barry's possession to be Makdashit. We just said that it has to be in Barry's possession, so let's see. That is indeed the question of the Gemara. The Gemara says, wait a minute. Umi Kadosh? Let's assume Barry didn't have Yeush, so Barry still feels that he owns it, okay? And therefore, Barry's Makdashit while it's in Phil's possession. Again, how would that answer the question? Because that would mean, according to Reish Lakish, that if it's, right, that, that the case is Lifnei Yeush and it's the Hektish that he's not, uh, uh, that's happening while it's in the hand of the Ganav. So then, it's no surprise, therefore, that the Mishnah is actually happening before Yehosh. So then, after Yehosh, is a whole different story, right? After Yehosh, it wouldn't have to be Makdashit in order for Phil to be Pater. But Reish Lakish is able to bring the Mishnah back into the Lifnei Yehosh, and still, Phil doesn't have to pay Dalit Hey, simply because he was Makdashit, that Barry was Makdashit while it was in Phil's possession. But the question is, can Barry even be Makdashit? Even Lifnei Yehosh, can Barry be Makdashit while it's in Phil's possession? That's what we're going to discuss now. So, can Barry be Makdish, the animal, while it is in Phil's possession, even before Yehosh? After all, Rabbi Yochanan had said, Let's say Phil uh, stole it, and Barry was not at all despairing. So, Rabbi Yochanan himself says that neither Barry nor Phil could be Makdish, the animal. Why? Well, Barry, um, rather, Phil can't be Makdish because it's not his, right? He's a Ghanav, a Ghazlan. But Barry, despite being the owner of said animal, also can't be Makdashit because the animal is simply not in his possession. In other words, in order to be Makdash something, you have to have it both ownership of it and it must be in your Rishus. And therefore, that can't be the answer for Rishlakish. So Gemara answers, no, Rishlakish, Amri, who the Amr Kitznuin? Rishlakish holds like the Tznuin. This is going to set us off on the whole Daf Samechtes. That's why it's good that we've started here, Andrew. That Reish actually holds like the Tznu'in. What are the Tznu'in going to hold? I'll say it outside first. The Tznu'in were really pious people. Why? What was pious about them? They cared not only about their own mitzvahs and averas, they cared about other people's mitzvahs and averas. That's what made them so pious. How so? They used to do something, which we're going to describe now, which would they would remotely, okay, take care of Maestras, right, and Karen Ravai, they would take care of those kinds of things remotely, even though those things weren't in their possession, in order to avoid other people who are coming, who coming around, right, of, um, having an isser. Uh, basically, the reason why I'm bringing this and just saying this outside is to, is to indicate that there are certain things that you can consecrate, okay, even when they're not in your rishos. This is the source of it, that Tznuin allowed that to happen, and that could be the source of Rish Lakish, that perhaps, according to the Tznuin, you, you, uh, Barry could be Makdish, his animal, even while it is indeed in Phil's possession, not in Barry's or Shus. So let's see this inside. This is going to be a Mishnah in Meiser Shani. Here we go. So Rishlakish holds like the Tznun. What happened to the Tznun to Tznan? The Mishnah in Meiser Shani says the following. It has to do with Karen Ravai. Right? Karen Ravai on the fourth year right, has the same Kedusha as Meiser Shani. It can only be in Yerushalayim. Right? Uh, but you could also move the Hektish onto coins and eat it outside of Yerushalayim. So... As we'll see, Karen Ravai, Hatznuin Manichin Asamos, the Tznuin used to, the Tznan, Hatznuin Manichin Asamos, so the Tznuin used to, right, 
deconsecrate the kedusha of these of the stuff onto coins. And they'll say whatever was picked from this vineyard has to be deconsecrated onto the coins. What's happening? Who? What's the leket? Who, who's picking this up? Right. So this was the idea. Right. On on uh, on Shavuos, when people are able to come and take the stuff, right? They they were able to. Um, they were able to allow people to take it without it actually being something that that was not allowed to be eaten outside of Yerushalayim. In other words, these fields were outside of Yerushalayim. The Tznuin were con- remotely deconsecrating, so to speak, this uh, Netaravai onto the coins in order to make the produce accessible to people without having any uh, without having any Isser, right? Other people who were just picking it out. And that was being done remotely, despite the fact that it wasn't in Rishus. This is something that's unique to the Tznuim, and it is that which Rish Lakish is adopting to say that Barry could be Makdish, the animal, even while it is in Phil's possession. Okay? Says the Gemara, wait a minute. Barry Chazra Kain Lebailin. But if you're talking about. Uh, so, okay, so, this, so we've answered now for the Tznuim. We're going re, to revisit that. But going back to the case of the, of the Hektish of the animal, well, if the. Animal was consecrated by Barry while it was in Phil's possession. Then why is the halacha that Phil has to pay kefil? After all, right, this muktish animal is linked back to the original baal. In other words, very chazra karen the bailim. If you're going to say that Barry can be makdashit while it's in Phil's possession, chazra karen the bailim means that in so doing, it kind of was already taken. What did Barry do? In effect. He took the animal out of Phil's Rishus and brought it to Rishus of Hekdesh. So once it's in the Rishus of Hekdesh, it is now Barry's tethered again. Like, who, who did this Hekdesh? Only the Baal could do it. So Barry did the Hekdesh. <laughs> so even though it was in your Rishus, Phil, now that it's in Hekdesh, it's, it's linked to who? Well, whose name is on this animal in the, in the Hekdesh records? Barry. And so therefore, why would you, Phil, have to pay him Kefel? You never really effectively took it once he was mocked to shit. So Lamar answers, uh, now we're getting a little detailed here, what's the case? Phil, you already had your court case, okay, and therefore you already were, dest- you already got the psak that you have to pay him the kefil. So Lamar, hey, Chidami, wait a minute, let's break this down. Walk me through it. If the judge already said, the dintar is over, so the tvicha, right, so now whatever dicing you're doing, What's happening? Say, if the, if the dintar is already over, right? The judge says, Phil, you got to pay Barry. And then, Phil, I don't know what your issue was that day, but instead of paying Barry, you stole it, right? And, and, and the judge says, pay Barry K. Phil. And then you go home and you dice it. <laughs> so that's crazy. However, it's so crazy that you're no longer a what? No longer a ganav, now you're a goslin. And then you're pot, and then, and a goslin is potter from Dal Behei. The Dal Behei is only for a ganav. Okay, that's what's going on here. So that's what it says over here. Hey, chidami, either might say ten low if the case is that the case was already closed. And then Phil went ahead and diced it anyway. So now he's dicing it in front of Barry's face, so to speak, as a goslin, my iri hiktish. And if that's the case, then hiktish has nothing to do with this, right? Because mimonavshach, either it's hiktish and it's not yours, and you're pater from Dalvehe, or you're a goslin, and you're pater from Dalvehe anyways. So you don't need to write hiktish in the Mishnah. So the Gemara has to say, right, even if it wasn't Muktish, because you're a Goslin, right, you wouldn't be Chayv. The Amar Rava, because this was a 
something that Rava explained because he said, say tain lo. Rava had already explained that, of course, case is closed. And the judge says to Phil, go pay Barry, and then subsequent to that, right, Phil dices it and then sells it, putter. Then in that case, Phil's going to be putter from paying the dollar. Hey, my timer, what's the reason? Since it already was a case closed, and then subsequently Phil diced it, Now that's Gamar saying inside, what I just said outside, that it makes you a goslin if you already did it post uh, court case, and a goslin does not pay dollar vehay, only a Ghana pays dollar vehay. So now we arrive at Samach Tess, the very manageable time of 550, and we say, So says the Gemara, if however, the court did not say, say Tainlo. It didn't say, all right, case is closed, go pay him. But it said, you're obligated to pay him. In other words, it didn't give you like a fine, like a, the, the slip of paper that you have to now go satisfy and pay him. But it rather just said, okay, this is our verdict. If all it did was issue a verdict, and then you were to then that's still early enough in the judicial process where Phil would have to pay Dalit My time, what's the reason? Right? So again, since um, it hasn't been signed, sealed, and delivered into a actual, right, uh, psak yet, I mean, there's been a, a verdict, but it hasn't been signed, sealed, delivered where you have to like get like a payment stub. So then you're still considered a Ganav, and in that case, you still would have to pay Dalit Vehei. So Rishlakish can be referring to in the, the, where the Bezdin said, go, go pay him. And if that's the case, the question is, why would you have to pay Dalit Vehei? The Gemara says, Lo Tzricha. Rishlakish could say, could still get out of it. In other words, it, did it say, Chayav Atanli Tenlo, or did it say, right, say Tenlo? So Rishlakish say, the Amri Le Chayav Atanli Tenlo. In other words, why would you have to pay Dalit Vehei? In other words, the kasha was on Reish Lakish. If indeed it was already a psak that was issued, then he wouldn't have to pay Dalvehe anyways. And the answer is he would have to pay Dalvehe because the case in the Mishnah is not one where he says, say, Tainlo, and it's been signed, sealed, delivered, where, because, where he's already a Goslin. Rather, the case was where he says, Chayavatali Tainlo, where he's only a Ganav. When he's only a Ganav, he normally would have to pay Dalvehe, but for the fact that it's Hekdesh. And so Reish Lakish is talking about before Yeish, and when it was Mukdash. And the, and the, um, and it was still, and it's according to the Shita that snew him, because it means that for that to happen, Barry has to be Makashit while it's in full possession. And also, it's a case where he says, Chayva to Litinlo, where he's a Ghanav and not a Goslin. And for all those reasons, he normally would have to pay Dalve, but for the fact that it's Mukdash. So it's a lot of things have to fall into place for Rish Lakish to interpret the Mishnah, um, and Ayn Dalid, but, it is salvageable, the Shita of Reish Lakish. Nonetheless, he survived the barrage here from Riochanan from that Mishnah. Okay. So now we're four lines down, two dots. Let's go back. Gufa. We want to talk a little bit about Amar Biochanan, Gazavlon, Isiyashu Balam, Shneim, Einan Yechon Lahakdish. This idea that if Phil steals it and Barry has no despair, neither of them could be Makdish, this animal. Zelafishayna Shalov, Zelafishayna Bishuso, right? Um, Phil, because it's not his. Sorry, I'm making you into this bad guy, Phil. Phil would never do this, by the way, Andrew. No, it's all kosher with Phil. Uh, and 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 uh, also, Barry can't be makdashit because it's in Phil's possession. Ask the Gemara. Do Riochanan really say this to me? Amar Riochanan hachiva. Amar Riochanan an mishnah. Riochanan holds that whenever you have a stam mishnah that's not attributed to anybody, the halacha is like him. That's why the mishnah is so designed. Utnan, and yet we learned in a stam mishnah in Maaser Sheni. 
Karmavai. Again, back to the Karmavai. The fourth year after it's no longer Orla. They would mark that, uh, that area of the vineyard, right? So again, people are going to come take it, as we will see, during Shriya's people are going to take it. Sometimes it can coincide, right? The fourth year of a specific plant is going to be falling out. The Karmavai falls out on a year of Shemitah where you can just go and take it. It is in that case where you have to mark off that it's indeed Karim Ravai that has a certain Meister Shani level of Kedusha to it. So we'll see. Be that as it may, in order to allow people to see that it is indeed Karim Ravai, they would mark it with clods of earth. Simna ki adama, and then it's just saying, why clods of earth? It's a symbolic thing. Because earth, ma adama ikahanami na, afai nami kimi parka shari That just like Eventually, you'll get some benefit from an er, from the earth. How so? Well, Rashi says, "Lacharzman becharisha v'zirukzir." Yeah, that's what you do with with land. You plow it and you and you sow, and eventually, azorim bedima berina ikzoru, Andrew. Right. So eventually, you'll get hana from it. So too here in the vineyard, kimi parka sharlis nu mina. When you'll redeem this karmervai, it'll be permitted eventually to derive benefit for, from it. Bishel orla. And what about if you have an orchard of Orla? Orla cannot be eaten. Becharsit. So that they would mark with like cheres, right? Clay. Clay tiles. Why so? Again, symbolic. Simona kacharsit. It's a symbol like charsit. Just like you have no benefit from actual clay because you can't, it's not fertile. Similar to you can't. So again, the, you can't have enough from Orla because it's Asr and therefore they would put cheres there. You can have enough from eventually you can have a na from that Taravai, and therefore clods of earth there, very symbolic, and it's a good symbol, and everybody seemed to follow the same thing. So you knew what you were looking at when you saw these little symbols in the ground. Okay. Uh, while we're already on this, Mishnah and Maishashani, we'll talk about other symbols. Shelkvaras Basid. They would mark graves with lime. We already saw this. I think we saw a lot of this in Erevin, right? Where we were doing, we had a big graveyard shift in, uh, in Erevin. We were walking around. And you have to know to avoid the tumma, right? Simona de chivar ka'atzamos. And lime is white like bones, and that's why lime was used as a symbol for that. Umam cheveshoifech. And then you, what's the concoction? You dissolve the lime in water, pour it around the graves. Kihechid inichver so that you become very, very white. Um, bleaching, like uh, dental bleaching, Andrew. Amr of Shimon Gamliel, Bamedver Memorim. When do you mark the fourth year? Bishvias. There we go. I said it a couple of times, and now finally the Gemara said it. You did it on Shemitah. Why? The Hefker Ninhu. Because it's then when people are going to come and take it, right? Of a Bisharshnei Shavua, Hal Iteu Larash In other words, during Shemitah, that's when you're actually allowed to take it, but for the fact that you have to be careful to handle Netaravai in the proper way. Every other year, that's just regular, that's just regular um, garden variety theft, as it were. Uh, I don't know if you saw what I did there. And means like at your own risk, right? You're going to take it, but you're going to pay for that because you're indeed stealing and that's, of course, doesn't matter at that point. So it's only for Shemitah that this, when it coincides with Shemitah, that that's relevant. Anyway, the Mishnah continues in Meiser Sheni, and this is the Shita of the Tznuin. The Tznuin, Menichin Esamos, they would put down coins, right? So that is an anonymous Mishnah that's quoting the Tznuin, who are indeed, right, going to put down this idea that you can remotely consecrate, deconsecrate, as it were, the Netaravai. Well, the question is, Rabbi Yochanan holds that like a Stam Mishnah. And therefore, does he not hold like the Tznuin, right? In other words, if that's the case, so then didn't we say before that Rabbi Yochanan said 
it, isn't it a steer within Rabbi Yochanan? Didn't Rabbi Yochanan himself say that neither Barry nor Phil can consecrate this animal? After, but we see that there's a star Mishnah that quotes the Tznuim who are able to consecrate those Netaravai remotely or deconsecrate it. So, says the Gemara, So maybe you'll say, that, wait a minute, <laughs> that Mishnah quotes the Tznuin, maybe the Tznuin isn't the Stam Mishnah. Maybe the Tznuin is indeed a sheet of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel that Rabbi Yochanan doesn't hold like. So the Gemara, Ve'amar Rabbi Baruchanam Rabbi Yochanan, Kol Malkam Shoshan Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Ve'mishnah Sa'alacha Kamosa. It's like Mimon of Shach. Whether it's a Stam Mishnah or it's a Shimon Gamliel, Rabbi Yochanan holds like a Stam Mishnah, and he also holds like a Shimon Gamliel. So we're stuck, because Rabbi Yochanan has to hold like the Tznuin. The only exception would be, Chutz Chrona. You remember these cases, of course, Barry. Right, uh, the Arev is the case is the Machlokas of Shimon Gamliel Tanakam and Baba Basra, which we haven't learned yet. We'll get to it. Um, the Tzidon, that much you remember, of course, in Gittin, uh, the Machlokas Tanakam of Shimon Gamliel, and the Mission and Sanhedrin is referring to the other Machlokas with regards to Raya Achrona. Neither, none of them are this. In other words, none of them are this idea of the Karim Ravai, which is to say, again just to keep our heads straight as to what we're talking about. Rabbi Yochanan said that neither Barry nor Phil could be makdash this animal because it's not in Barry's rishus and it doesn't belong to Phil. Well, the Tznuin and Meister Shani said that you can remotely be makdash something even if it's not in your possession. And Rabbi Yochanan typically holds like a Stam Mishnah or like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, and so he should hold like the Tznuin. So why does he not allow Barry to be Makashit when it's not in his Rishus in, the case, in our case of the animals? So the Gemara answers, Amri lo ela Yeah, the reason why you paskin like the Tznum and you allow the Netar to be deconsecrated is not because it says kol hanilkat mezeh. Whoever, right, already picked from the vineyard. Rather, a very important detail. Whatever will be picked from this vineyard. Oh, wait a minute. Ah, whatever will be picked means what? That even though you're doing it remotely, you're retaining ownership of this thing until it's picked. And this is something that I, I wasn't clear about enough before. The assumption is that the Mishnah in my Sushani initially was saying, people are going to come and they're going to grab, and again, it's going to be on Shemitah, people are going to grab this produce. After they grab this produce, it's in their Rishus, and the Tznuin made a statement, once it's in their Rishus, let it be deconsecrated, let that be theirs. Once it's in their Rishus, once they've already gotten it. Uh, the, the remote Hekdesh is always, in other words, the remote uh, deconsecration, the remote mice and all that stuff is always assumed to be okay, so to speak, right? So, so here, the fact that it's remote is not the Chiddush. The fact that it's already in the possession of the people that took it is the Chiddush. That's the Chiddush of the Tznuim. That's what we thought the Chiddush of the Tznuim was. But now we're modifying it and we say, no, the, the Tznuim didn't say anything that the way they phrased it was, they didn't say once they grab it, uh, these randos that are grabbing it, once they grab it, I'm going to deconsecrate it. Rather, they said, what, I'm going to deconsecrate it prior to them grabbing it. Anything that they're going to grab prior to them grabbing it, I'm going to deconsecrate it, which is to say they're retaining ownership of it prior to it being taken. And it is for that reason that it works. But that doesn't have to do with the case where Phil stole Barry's uh, Animal, because when Phil stole Barry's animal, it was no longer in Barry's uh, rishus at all. That's the question. Okay, so we're reinterpreting the mission of Meister Shady. So that's the Gemara. Mi Amar Hachi. Did Rabbi Yochanan really say that? Well, 
Rabbi Yochanan himself may not agree with this interpretation of the Mishnah, because after all, Rabbi Yochanan said that the Tznuin and Rabbi Dosa were consistent with each other. Rabbi Dosa nilkat kaman. Rabbi Dosa did not say that it's a thing where we're going to be consecrating it now while it's still in our possession, but rather he said whatever was picked retroactively. Uh-oh. So if Rabbi Yochanan holds that the Tznuin agree with, Rabbi, with uh, Rabbi Dosa, he cannot agree with this interpretation of that Mishnah. The Tanya, what's Rabbi Yochanan's source? This is the Brysa. The, t- the Brysa says the following. In the morning, the owner of the field can stand says, Right? In the morning, he says, whatever the poor are going to gather, all that leket is going to be Hefker. And Rabbi Dosa, it's a fundamental machlokas in the Brysa between Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Dosa. Rabbi Dosa says you could even do so retroactively, even towards the evening time. You could say, whatever they already gathered, I'm going to be making Hefker. See what happens? So Rabbi Yochanan holds that you can do it retroactively even when it's not in your possession. Says the Gemara, you know what? Let's switch that price. Let's just switch it and say that it is Rabbi Doisa, who Rabbi Yochanan agrees with, that says that it has to be done before it's picked, and it's Rabbi Yehuda who says that, it's, that it can be picked Lema Freya. Ask the Gemara, Maya Pachta Masnisa. Why do you turn the price upside down? Abchala Rabbi Yochanan. Maybe you could change Rabbi Yochanan's psak. Rabbi Yochanan said that the Tznuin and Rabbi Dosa were consistent. Maybe we got that wrong. Maybe he meant to say that Tznui and Rabbi Huda are consistent. Why are you switching around the Brisa? Maybe switch around the words of Rabbi Yochanan. Says the Gemara, Amri lo masnisa. Well, the Gemara answers, we have another reason. The, this Brisa needed reversing anyway, for a different reason. And it's for that reason that we switch the words of the Brisa instead of the words of Rabbi Yochanan as follows. It is, because in that very Brisa, it implies that Yehuda holds of the concept of Brera. Brera, as we'll see, is this retroactive thing. Um, we've seen this idea of Brera already. That we're about to quote a Brisa that we already learned in Sukkah and in Yuma and in Erevin and Gittin. So Barry can recite it for you by heart, but we'll read it inside anyway. The idea of Brera is as follows. that Phil, once you've already, um, like you, you want to take, it's, this has to do with the Meiser thing. It's, I'll say it outside. It's, it's, it's about to be Shabbos, Okay. So you can't really be mafresh, trimus and maestros on Shabbos, but you can make verbal declarations, okay? So what you do is you say, okay, I'm going to drink this, and then whatever I don't drink, that's going to be maestros, that kind of thing. But in order to do that, you have to hold a brayer, which means that once I've drank what I've drank and left over whatever I left over, assuming you leave over enough, then retroactively, it turns out, after Shabbos, you'll sort it out. That was your trimus and maestros, but you didn't do it actually on Shabbos. That is the application of brayer to this right, to this Trumas and Maestros issue. Well, that was attributed to Rabbi Yehuda in the Brisa as follows. Uh, however, in other words, in the Brisa that we just quoted, it held that Rabbi Yehuda held, uh, uh, did not, again, in the Brisa that we just quoted, that we had to switch, the reason, one of the extra reasons why we had to switch it is because we said that it is Rabbi Yehuda who holds a bearer. But that is not exactly what we hold, because typically we hold that Rabbi Yehuda does not hold a bearer as follows. As the Gemara says, there's Shemina led Rabbi Yehuda by Alma Delays Leber. We actually hold that generally Rabbi Yehuda does not hold a bearer. That's not, because we learned in the Mishnah, it's not really a Mishnah, but the first part is a Mishnah, but really this is a Brisa. Be that as it may, in its entirety, it, the beginning is indeed a Mishnah in Demai, which we've quoted many times as we turn to Samach Tesam and base, and the Mishnah says as follows. So you're purchasing wine from the kusim. And here's the thing about purchasing wine from the kusim. You don't trust those kusim, right? They were, they were of dubious conversion, as we've said many times. 
We discussed it most deeply in Gittin recently. And we don't trust them to do the Trumas Meisers properly. And therefore, if you take Yain from Bein Akusim, you're going to have to take off the Meisers yourself. So what do you do? Omer, Shnei Lugitshani Yossid Lafrish. Problem is, uh, when, did you, when did you take the Lion from Bein Akusim? Let's look at the first Rashi, Samach Tesem Beis inside. Erev Shabbos, Bein Ashmashos. That's the issue. You can't, normally it's no problem. Just buy from the Kusim at a discount and then take off your own Meisers. Because you know what you're doing, you're Tanel Chacham, you're good to go. You're a Chaver. Yeah, but the problem is, you got it, it was the Erev Shabbos rush, you lost track of time, and now you're up against the clock, you don't have time to do the Trimus and Meisters anymore. So what is your recourse? You do the following. Omer, Shnei Lugin, Shani Yossid, Lahafresh, Arehin Truma. Yeah, later on, after Shabbos, I'm going to be Mafreshis, and this Shnei Lugin will be the Truma. Asara, Meister, Rishon. And these ten Lugin will be the Meister, Rishon. Vetisha, Meister, Shani. And these nine Lugin will be the Meister, Shani. Obviously, this is like. Uh, a, uh, whatchamacallit, obviously this is proportional, right? The math here works out because first you take Meiser Rishon, then you have the 90% left-ish, and then you take off Meiser from that, and that's why you get to nine, right? This is the math of Meiser, Trumas and Meisers, as it were. Be that as it may, umbechel. Then what do you do? You deconsecrate all of it onto some coins, Vishosamiyat, and you could drink it immediately as long as you're careful, obviously, to leave enough over. You can drink it as we've said. Well, that whole part of the Brysa is Divir Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Meir obviously allows Brera there because he's, again, he's allowing you to retroactively determine what's going to be the Trumas and Meisers. However, Rebbe Yehuda and Rebbe Shimon do not allow it. So therefore we see the Rebbe Yehuda there amongst the Rabbanim who disallow it, he does not hold of Brera. Well, the Brysa we just had quoted said Rebbe Yehuda does hold the Brera. And it is for that reason that we switched our Brysa. Once we switched our Brysa, it comes out that Rabbi Yochanan holds like Rabbi Dosa, and that Rabbi Yochanan is consistent with himself within Rabbi Dosa, so we're good to go. That's why we switch the Brysa instead of uh, switching the words of Rabbi Yochanan, because indeed it turns out that um, Rabbi Huda holds that there is no such thing as Brera. Is the Gemara going to let this rest? Because it sounds like everything is very, very clean right now. Everything checks out, but the Gemara does not let anything go. No stone unturned, Andrew. Omri, sof, sof, I still don't know why you switched the brisa. I could have figured this out. Because now, you know, we have a contradiction of Yehuda. So the brisa presents a contradiction of Yehuda with regards to Brera. Uh, okay, but now we have a contradiction of Rabbi Yochanan. Right, because again, we brought it as a kasha on Rabbi Yochanan, so Rabbi Yochanan doesn't really check out. So the way we sort it all out, now Rabbi Huda's consistent with himself and he holds lace beira. But now we, we kept the kasha on Rabbi Yochanan alive. The kasha on Rabbi Yochanan is still alive because Rabbi Yochanan still held the stop mishnah. Rabbi Yochanan still held that the tznuim should be allowed to, right, uh, consecrate it even though it's not in their possession. And so how is he, and so he falls out inconsistent with his psak with regards to Barry and Phil and the animal. Right, because according to Rabbi Yochanan, we said, don't say whatever was picked, but rather whatever will be picked. Uh-oh. So now we have another question. It sounds like Rabbi Yochanan himself holds of Brera. If he says, right, whatever was picked, that sounds like whatever is picked retroactively can be determined, um, can be consecrated. Well, that brings Rabbi Yochanan into the world of Brera. Now we have a problem. Because now Rabbi Yochanan, even though he checked out on everything we said before, 
he's falling into a Brera trap here because after all, Rabbi Yochanan lays lay Brera. Rabbi Yochanan himself does not hold a Brera. How do we know? We saw this, Barry, you could recite this chapter in verse in Beitza and then get in again. What happens? Brothers get an inheritance. When they get an inheritance, they can be considered, well, they're heirs. Question is, what happens in Yovel? Well, typically in Yovel, you have to return back property. Well, how would you determine what's going on with the inheritance? Watch this. Inheritance gets passed down. And then it gets divvied up. When it gets divvied up, is it like a direct inheritance and they're the original owners? Or would you say it's like a big pot and everybody becomes each other's purchasers? What's the difference? The difference is you have to bring all of your inheritance. If you're purchasers, do you have to bring, throw all your inheritance back into the pot at, at uh, Yovel? So this is how it works out. It says, And they have to return it, right, um, to each other on Yovel. What does it have to do with Brera? So Rashi explains, the Kuchoshein, the fourth narrow line. It says, right? If you held of Brera, then it works like this, right? You sit in the lawyer's office, everybody's around a mahogany table, and they give out the Yerusha, and then whatever you got, that's what you were always destined to get. And if you employ the concept of Brera, so then you become retroactively the original owner, so to speak, of said inheritance. However, if you hold of lace Brera, right, which it seems like Rabbi Yochanan does, right, because Rabbi Yochanan says they're lekuchos. Sounds like he rejects Brera, because lekuchos means we don't know who this belongs to. And just because Andrew got this and, and so-and-so, uh, not Andrew, but just because so-and-so, Yaakov got this and Shemarel got that, doesn't mean that they're original owners. It just means that temporarily they are purchasers of this land. Right, and once they're purchasers of this land, so then you do have to return it to Yovel, and therefore Rabbi Yochanan's shita that you return it to Yovel is reflective of the fact that he holds a lace brera. Oh boy! So now it sounds like we have to retract Rabbi Yochanan, because what is he amending the Mishnah and the Brisa? Elalolam kol anilkat. So you have to go back and say that Rabbi Dosa would say whatever was picked, right? Indeed, the way we said it before, not whatever, right? will be picked, but whatever was picked, unlike Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan, stama achrina ashkach. However, Rabbi Yochanan, even though has, he has this stop Mishnah, which contradicts him, his shita is based on a different stop Mishnah. So that Rabbi Yochanan can do. Now there's Hipaskin's like a stop Mishnah, but that's his out. Rabbi Yochanan's safety valve is that even though he has a stop Mishnah against him, he also has a stop Mishnah to support him. How so? As follows. He found the following Mishnah. What Mishnah? Our Mishnah. Our Mishnah, Barry. Look at our Mishnah. That's the first Mishnah in Meruba. The first Mishnah in Meruba says that if, if Phil steals from Barry and Andrew steals from Phil, Andrew doesn't have to pay Tashlumi Kefel. Am I? Why is that the case? I understand Andrew doesn't have to pay Kefel to Phil because we're going to base Aisha Lom base Because you only have to pay Kefel when you steal it from the original owner and not from a thief. But shouldn't Andrew have to pay Barry Kefel? The reason why Andrew doesn't have to pay Kefel to Barry for stealing. So again, Barry had. Bessie the cow and Phil stole it and then Andrew stole it from Phil. Why does Andrew not have to pay Barry Kefel? Because the animal was not 
uh, in uh, Barry's possession at the time that he stole it, and nor did it belong to Phil at the time that he stole it. In other words, in order for Andrea to have to pay Kefel, it has to be both in the possession and ownership of the person that he took it for, from. This reading of our Mishnah of Rabbi Yochanan is the source that when Phil takes Barry's thing, you, they cannot be <laughs> Barry cannot be Makdashit because again, just like paying Kefel, also being Makdash something, both of those things require two criteria. Number one has to be Shalom, the ownership, and number two, the owner has to have it in his Rishos, both for Kefel and for Hekdesh. It is this parallel of Rabbi Yochanan that is the Stam Mishnah of our Mishnah, which is not attributed to anybody, that is the source of Rabbi Yochanan's Shita. Okay, so that is amazing. Uh, the Gemara asks, Are you sure that Rabbi Yochanan would follow that our Stam Mishnah? Uh-oh. Really, we're going to get involved with this now? At 6.13 a.m.? It's a symbolic time that what's going on? We have two Stam Mishnahs. Why? The Gemara is just not letting go, Andrew. Why would he follow one Stam Mishnah over another? Why would he favor one over another? Okay. Says the Gemara, Because our Mishnah has a Pasuk. What's the Pasuk? We already mentioned it. Right? We already said in our Mishnah that it has a support and a Pasuk. And it's for that reason that Rabbi Yochanan preferred our Stam Mishnah to the Stam Mishnah of the Tznuim. Which is to say that you cannot consecrate nor uh, anything unless it's both shalom or b'rshusa, like a house. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to comment on this. Amar Abaye. Ilav da'amar v'yochanan tznuin v'rbidosa, amar davarechad hava'amin tznuin isla l'rbidosa, v'rbidosa l'esle l'tznuin. He's been saying a detail with regards to tznuin and v'rbidosa. The difference between tznuin and v'rbidosa is that one is talking about just people, regular people taking netaravai, just randos on shviyas, grab, you know, going fruit picking, as opposed to, right, the, case, the other case is one of leket. Leket, shikhan peyar, aniyim. So this is Abayah's point. Abayah's point is, I would have thought that the tznuim would indeed agree with Rabbi Dosa, but Rabbi Dosa maybe would not hold of the tznuim. How so? Let's explain it inside. Tznuim is a little Rabbi Dosa. The tznuim would actually agree with Rabbi Dosa. Ma beganav avdu takanta. Just like, again, if you have a thief knowingly stealing from a vineyard to prevent him from transgressing that, uh, the tznuim actually allowed, they deconsecrated it and said, here, it's yours. Anim, shichalamemar. So by leket, certainly, the, it's, it, it, they would agree. Right? In other words, the tznuim, again, Rabbi Dosa um, allowed it not, so, not as much for, for thieves, but they allowed it for anim, for leket. So certainly the tznuim would agree with that. In other words, the tznuim are so pious that even if, right, they're, they're like taking the thief and they're making him kosher by saying it's fine. Um, right? Lahavdil, uh, the, uh, what's his name? the um, bishop in Les Mis, right? When Jean Valjean steals the candlesticks and then he gets caught, then he says, I, I gave it to you as a gift and then he gives him his whole life. Are we not holding by this? It doesn't matter. The point is, right, they stole it and then the Tznuim are saying, you are indeed a, a, it's okay. I give it to you retroactively, right? That's what the Tznuim are doing. Well, if you're doing that for a thief, certainly you're going to do it for Aniam, right? Who are, are going to take it, all right? So he says, okay, so Rabbi Dosa lacely the Tznuim. However, the, 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 the flip side, the converse, would not necessarily work, right? 
Rabbi Dosa doesn't necessarily have to hold of the Tznuim because Aniim who davdu the Rabbanu Takanta of Algarav loved the Rabbanu Takanta. And as Rabbi Dosa is not such a tzaddik, so to speak, like the Tznuim that he's going to take a Ganav and he's going to let him take it, right? For Aniim, yes, of course. For Aniim, he's willing to make a Takana that we can retroactively make it theirs, right? Aval Ganav loved the Rabbanu Takanta. He's not going to go so far as the Tznuim to allow it for the Ganavim. Very good. So Rav, that's a buy. Rava has a similar comment. I'm a Rava. He loved Rabbi Yochanan Tznuin, Rabbi Dosa, Rabbi Dover Echad, Havamina, Man Tana Tznuin, Rabbi Meyerhi. If it were not, if we didn't have this idea floating out there that Rabbi Yochanan and the Tznuin were saying the same thing, I would have thought that Tznuin was, in fact, a reflection of the Shita of Rabbi Meir. Why? Lava Meir, Meister, Momon Gavohu, because Rabbi Meir says, Meister Shani is Momon Gavoha. And even though he holds that Meister Shani, Belongs to Hashem, right? He still, with respect to being poda, it he put it in 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 our possession. What does it mean? Like this: This this, this pasuk in Sefer Vayikra differentiates between Maiser Sheni and Maisro, the owner and the non-owner. So there is a difference with regards to whether you have to pay an extra chomesh. An owner who redeems his own Maisa Shani has like sort of a convenience fee where it discusses this of an extra fifth. Okay? So the difference whether you own it or you don't own Maisa Shani. As the Gemara continues to say, when he owns it, he has to add a Chomesh. So I would have said the same thing. This is what Mayor says uh, in expounding the Pasuk. Kerem Ravai would also have the same thing. Gamar Kodesh Kodesh Mi Maiser. Reb Meir would say, Kodesh Kodesh is learned Mi Maiser. Ksiv Hacha Kodesh Ilulim. Ksiv Gabi Maiser. Vachol Maiser Arts. Mizera Arts. From Piyash Eitz Lashem. Who? Kodesh. The word Kodesh appears in both places. You have a Gezeira Shava from Maiser. Shani. Over to, right? Right? So to Kerem Ravai. And therefore you say, Ma Kodesh Tuchsiv Gabi Maiser. Af Al Gav. Demomon Gavo. Hula Indian Pidio. Okmane just like with Maisa Shani, even though it belongs to Kodesh Baruch Hu, for Pidyon, we're going to say that it is as if the person owns it, similar to Bishusei, right? Afai, Kodesh Naim, Yuxiv Gabi Kermavai, Afagab Lav Mamadidehu, so too, but the Kermavai, even though technically it is owned by Hashem, Le'inyan Achulei, for the case of, right, making a Chal, right, Chulin rather, making, deconsecrating as it were, they made it as if you had the power to do so. This was the Shittas of Meir. That's what Rava would have said. Because again, that Neta Ravai, the fourth year, right, even when it's not stolen and it's in your physical possession, it's really not yours. It's Hashem's. And yet we say that you could deconsecrate it and therefore, it's for that reason that you could deconsecrate it because we already have a precedent, Barry, to allow you to deconsecrate it when it isn't even yours. So Rava, as he so often does, has a logic, right? Has a svara attached to this. He's saying, this doesn't have to do with Brera, this doesn't have to do with any of that stuff. This is simply something that you don't own that we allow you to deconsecrate it. That's the essence of this halacha in the first place because you don't own the Karim Ravai any more than you own the, 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 the Maeser Shani. You don't own these things because they're hectic to begin with. That's the Shita Rameyer. So Rava says, that's what I thought would be the logical thread that's going on, the underpinnings of that mission in the beginning, in, all, in the first place. Anyway, for that reason, you could be mochel, 
But when it comes to leket, kevin the mamona day, leket is literally like an owner uh, leaving over leket for the anim, and that you still own. That you should only be mafke when it's in your shus. When it's not in your shus, you should not be able to be mafke. And therefore, unlike leket, Sarava, as he often does, has a svara that unpacks this whole thing, kind of like the brisker rub, so to speak, before his time, if you will, where he says, this is a svara. Leket belongs to you. And that's why it's a separate idea. It's not, it doesn't have to do with Maizu Shani. Maizu Shani doesn't belong to you and has special chiddush at, like, like uh, the Shittas of Mayor. So we resume tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, three lines up from the bottom of Samech Tes Amadez.